Tip Football Podcast. We are running through the Prem fixtures after New Year's. We are a little bit behind, so don't get confused if we're talking about games that do not correlate with the football that you have watched recently. Just look at the information on this part and you'll be able to understand what we're talking about. Um, so we're talking about the last round of the Prem fixtures. Obviously, it's FA Cup this weekend at the time of recording, but we're just going to bin that off because no one cares about domestic cups anymore. No. Certainly not us. We're treating the FA Cup like all Premier League clubs like treat it. We're not that bothered about it. If we, we don't had, have, if we had the time yeah. or the schedule, we would. We don't have the. And we don't have depth. any reserves to send. Yeah, yeah we, we don't, don't have any have reserves to send. Got nothing left. It off. So, down to the bare bones. So we're just doing Prem. All right, World Cup was enough of extracurricular football. Prem <laughs> only now. As always, I'm joined by Jack today. Jack, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Weather is suitably miserable here in London. So, mm-hmm. what better time to talk about football? Football, football, football. And yes. it's been a, it's been a, it's been a not so successful round of fixtures, personally for me and you, has it? Not nah. ideal. This this round of we had we had the dream round the round before didn't we where we were the mm. only two winners Liverpool and Arsenal the only ones that got three points not not gone exactly to plan after that not no not yeah not the maybe in a while for me personally as an Arsenal fan it's been a while since we've dropped points so yeah disappointing but we're gonna come on to it but speaking of disappointing result we're staying on trend we're keeping Liverpool first mm-hmm. but for the wrong reasons this week some might say. All the right reasons, yeah. others might say. I thought, get it out of the way. It's definitely the biggest talking point in terms of the match. Brentford 3, Liverpool 1. Might as well have been about 5-1 realistically. Brentford were so good. I'm going to try and talk about Brentford a bit before I go on a big moan. Um, Brentford, mate, they're just banging. They're actually excellent. They've got seven points now against City, Liverpool and Spurs in their last four games. Smashed West Ham as well. Ten points out of 12. They are currently... Two points behind Liverpool. Two mm. points. <laughs> they do. They're flying high, and they've had some tough games this season. I think they may have played more top six, more top six teams than the rest of the league. Certainly feels that way. I don't know if it's because they always get a result against top six opposition, but yeah, it was a. Uh, they bullied you. Like, they really yeah, they bullied could. Liverpool, which was they honestly a, a really shock. they battered us. They absolutely ruined us. <laughs> like they were just merciless. Like they're hitting long passes over the top into like the wide positions, and we know that in behind the Liverpool fullbacks, there's a lot of joy. And they just they just battered us. They didn't even have Ivan Tony, and it was still three one with two yeah, disallowed goals shocker. as well. So shocker. I thought Wissa was really good, and Buemo was really good. Rico Henry was really really good, but yeah, they just battered us, mate. To be honest, mate, their like, set pieces are just out of this world. Canate had a stinker in all fairness for two of the goals Canate did have an absolute stinker yeah an own <laughs> goal and a very 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 generous assist for the third as well <laughs> carried the ball all the way to the goal what a good lad he is yeah, was that, like, you know what mate you take over now <laughs> I mean the own goal <laughs> was unfortunate it's almost quite hard yeah. to give Brentford credit but because we've seen them do it so much this season I feel like it wasn't a fluke I feel like they're just they just have such an array of different set piece um, different routines sorry that it's impossible to defend against or at least a nightmare to defend against 
and you you think on paper Canate yeah. and Van Dijk more than capable of, of, of weathering that storm or you would have thought but Van Dyke's gone off 45 minutes oh can't deal with the intensity of the game I've never <laughs> heard this ever applied to someone like Van Dyke being pulled at half time no. and it's just point, wild it's wild so Van yeah Van Dyke's been pulled most of the players in the Liverpool team could have been pulled realistically but yeah Brentford do have the ability to mix it up so much so that it must be really difficult to prep defending set pieces against Brentford because there's probably about 12 routines that you're aware of you don't have time to cover them all properly and you just hope that one of the ones you're not prepped for doesn't come up and in this case it obviously did um, they did this preyed on Trent Alexander-Arnold all game like mm. they just sent another cross in for the second obviously he doesn't win headers at the back post just got preyed upon by Wissa but yeah VVD looks he's looked bad for a while he is now injured for about six weeks so I guess the intensity you do wonder- was too much yeah, you do wonder if maybe like he's been carrying this hamstring problem. So, for context, guys, after that game, he went for a scan, and now they're saying that he's got more of a hamstring problem than first four, out for about four to six weeks, seeing specialists. Is he just getting pulled from the team and spared, you know, any kind of... any criticism due to this injury? It all seems a bit sus to me. Like, like a hamstring strain... Sus isn't something you just play through and suddenly you're out for six weeks like it will go yeah I don't know because like this whole season he hasn't had like the same like aura of invincibility that he's had no. in previous seasons he's getting dribble past like every game now that stat that stat died last season oh the fear factor's you know? gone there was a time where like, like forwards would get yeah, up people, people would avoid they would avoid game. that whole side of the pitch they wouldn't even go down his flank they'd just attack Matip basically but now easy money mate if you just go at him yeah, I don't know what's up with him. Even like his organisational skills, you used to see him like marshalling the back line, mm. getting them organised. Seems to have lost that. You don't know exactly what's going on. Maybe there's stuff going on with him personally because his head seems like not this in is a good it. place right now. This is why I wonder if it's maybe a, like a cover story this hamstring. Because four to six weeks is a convenient amount of time to get your shit together. A la mm. Jaden Sancho currently at United, just been given all this mm-hmm. extra time off. And fair play if he needs to do it because I'm telling you that first half performance from from DVD was that was a train wreck. That was like it, a it was a Mustafi masterclass. I recognise that was. kind of, of performance, and it's 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 yeah. this reason why you lose games because you, suddenly your midfielders are too scared to to trust your back line. Like Liverpool's whole game plan is like they they rely and believe in each other so much. Yeah, that, the high line works mm-hmm. because the midfield protects them. And the midfield goes forward because they, you know, they feel protected by the high line. But it's just like there's a disconnect now. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because basically, I think what's happened is the front players aren't as effective at pressing. When you think about like peak Firmino, peak Mane, peak Salah, they're mm. all like so so good at pressing from the front, like suffocating teams. The midfield would back them up so intelligently with like Henderson, Van Alden. You know, these are all like this is a very destructive midfield unit. It's not creative. It's just there for like bodies and to fill the gaps. And so the defence pushes up to add that last layer. But now what we have is like a sort of dysfunctional attacking unit in terms of pressing. Midfield has just got too old now. Thiago's not a great presser. Harvey Elliott's still young. And then the back line is still pushed up really high. So like, it's just, mm. it doesn't work as an actual unit anymore. And that's why it's so easy to get in behind. And I think unless Jürgen just takes everything back a bit, you know, changes how we want to play. This is going to keep happening all season. 
because we're playing half of a really good press but unless you do it completely it's just yeah it's, it's a very fine balance the yeah. balance is really off well what was the famous quote from Pep Linders you know this team's identity is like intensity and it's like it's not there it's just not there this season like there's no yeah. intensity coming from Liverpool bit lethargic I'm glad you mentioned Harvey Elliott because this is a good talking point the lad is picking up a lot of flack from Liverpool fans on Twitter um, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that really people are saying he's no genie when Alden replaced him which is clear as day but, but my personal yeah. feeling is he, he does bring value to Liverpool midfield but people are saying that he he could be the weak link well I mean he's still a fucking teenager so like come on everyone needs to just relax he's a teenager and he shouldn't even be starting every game in a fully functioning title chasing team he's being introduced gently like Foden was Foden didn't get a lot of game time for years until he was like totally ready mm. so I think everyone just needs to chill out it's one of many problems but in a good team he's playing a lot better he shouldn't be expected to perform no. when everyone else is off it I just wonder if the uh, frustrations in the Liverpool fan base are finally coming to the fore um, 100% obviously uh, the FSG sale is hanging over the club too which we can't rule out I know that they're going about it pretty discreetly but the longer that drags on it's just a very uncertain time for Liverpool at a time where it just is. after the quad season you thought be impossible to be in this situation so soon but there you go so it is a bit mad to drop off isn't it within six months to go from potentially the greatest team of all time in terms of you know accolades to fucking ninth or eighth wherever we are and not looking mm. very likely that we're going to improve on that looking um, like you deserve to be where you are in the table to be honest yeah yeah we're, like, like, really honest. Like yeah uh, we're about sort of we're contending with Fulham Brentford Brighton Villa that's where we're at right now we win some we lose some we're not we're not a risk of you know anything particularly also not looking that it's good. still a long season top four is still achievable it's just you need to start picking up and getting some form soon but one more word on Brentford how far can this team go seriously how far know. can they go I don't know they've just signed Romeo Beckham so some the cynic Ooh. in me says that's marketing <laughs> It's just marketing purposes. Definitely but, brand, yeah, like a brand deal, one hundred percent. It was for the B yeah, team, wasn't it? Maybe he's a handy player. They they buy players for the B team. The B team feeds the A team, and it works really well for them. So fuck it, he might actually be really good. You wouldn't put Mate. it past Brentford at this point. There's something quite nice about seeing a Beckham back in the Prem, even though it's in the B B team. But there you go. But no, seriously, like a, a team without Ivan Tony, and they still play this good. You trust that they're going to make smart decisions because we've spoken about their whole money ball approach. You know, like our Brentford, Thomas Frank's just signed a new deal as well, so there's going to be a bit of continuity there. No risk of getting poached like Potter. Um, do you think Thomas Frank is looked at as a desirable coach? Do you think people, is he just like a really effective Sean Dyche? No, he's definitely not. He's much more innovative, I think, and he's also not afraid to try things out and try different things because, like, what I find very interesting about them is that they play three at the back against the big teams and then against the smaller teams they play four at the back so they're quite fluid in terms of their system their approach they play in a way that best benefits them but taking take into account like the opposition and then they'll work out routines based on where they're weak so like they're just really really clever really really clever like they prey on you um, and where you're weak I mean we know Liverpool suck at defending so they just 
they just went three five two bang easy <laughs> just mm. run at them they can't hack it mm. yeah like, don't try and play through a, just 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 go long I think that's a fair assessment yeah. yeah I just they're, they're, they're excellent in my head I can't see any top six team in the Premier maybe my prejudice is coming in but I almost feel like the tagline that they've got is just like set piece marauders you know which is I think is a bit unfair because as, a, as you say like tactically they set up very well we think of the City game in the first opening 20 minutes they could have been 3 or 4 up realistically if they mm-hmm. put all their chances away and that's all down to the tactics that they set up to so yeah a really excellent team and worrying time for Liverpool fans but an amazing time for Brentford fans yeah that's how it goes and absolute scenes at the end at the stadium mate it was rocking yeah even Jamie Carragher was going to get involved of course they played free from desire which by the way was Liverpool's trophy song last season (laughs) absolute trolls I mean your defence was terrified to be fair so it was it really was was. it's true though isn't it there's something special brewing at that Brentford so long may it continue But anyway, on to another struggling team, also going through a transitional stage. Chelsea nil, Manchester City one. It's expected, really. Yeah, it's expected. Anything? Not that bad. Yeah. I thought actually Chelsea contested really well in the first half. They like, did. They had probably the better they chances. Did. They hit the post with um, Chocolmecker's yeah. shot. Yeah. Generally, City looked a bit sloppy. Like yeah. they were a little bit casual and. Yeah, Chelsea could have gone in 1-0 up realistically. Easy. It wouldn't have been unwarranted or undeserved. After the first half, but we felt Chelsea, if they come out strong second half and continue, they're going to, you know, they're more likely to score. Even when losing Sterling mm. and Pulisic what, within the first 15-20 minutes of the game. It's not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal at all. No, it's really not um, ideal. So yeah, I mean, watch yeah. them drop £200 million pounds now. Still Madrid, yeah. Under our noses. <laughs> <laughs> it's very likely because yeah, their injury list now is actually very daunting. I can almost get on board with them buying more players, mm. almost. So the players out for them: Kante, Fofana, Rhys James, Mendy, Mount, Chilwell, Armando, Breuer, Loftus Cheek, Sterling, and Pulisic. Those are all first teamers. They're all first teamers, like solid starting players. Even Breuer, I'd rather have him than Aubameyang. Oh. So oh, goes about saying <laughs> that, that's that's ten, ten. Mm. Every any other team would be dead. It's only because Chelsea have the best squad in the league that they can hack that. Imagine if you took ten players out of City, it would be six kids, and then you know the rest. Yeah, oh, it's bad. No, no, I agree. But then also you have to questions need to be asked of the medical team. It's a lot of injuries. Now, Big Todd in his overhaul, you know, did fire a lot of the medical team that worked at Chelsea for a number of years um, I think they fired a very senior person in the medical department who'd been there since like 2010 mm-hmm. I don't know I'm not saying conspiracy I'm not calling conspiracy it's too soon for that injuries you're happen not, you're not not though I'm you? not not it does seem like a hell of a lot especially for a team like Liverpool have a lot of injuries but you can attribute that down to their playing style like that makes you know a lot of sense not a lot of sense but it makes more sense Chelsea like that's a lot of injuries, man. It's a lot of injuries to uh, to affect. A Com- if you compare it to the rest of the their kind of like traditional top six rivals, that's a lot of injuries in comparison. So, don't know what Potterball's doing to them, to be honest. Me neither, mate. And at this point, yeah, the pressure is mounting on Potter. He can't even choose like yeah. a starting eleven because every game it has to change through necessity. It's tough, man. And 
Yeah, I don't know if he's going to make it in the end. I want him to because I think he's a good manager. But they're not looking great. And the more money that is spent, the more that pressure is going to build. And I think already some Chelsea fans are getting a bit frustrated with him. Because they're ninth. They can't be ninth. They can't be ninth. They're tenth, mate. Oh, they're tenth. And it's January. You can't be tenth. But... Having spent the most money in the transfer of all time. You can't. You can't. But I... But there's a lot of mitigating circumstances. There are. Injuries for one. Um, The thing is, is like you say, we we, we trust Potable to work in the long run. You've seen it work Mm -hmm. at Brighton with a smart recruitment strategy, which... Chelsea are trying to replicate um, as we've seen from the sending since Todd Bowley's come in but <laughs> will he be given the time will it turn too toxic this is the thing he needs some big results and beating people mm-hmm. like City at home even though it's three points you get more credit in the bank than if you beat Nottingham Forest 2 nil away or whatever 100% you know they're the ones that like you'll get the fans on the side and man you're right first half it looked good but then Pep, let's let's talk about City. Pep changed it second half. De Bruyne has gone from the right to the left. Jackie Grealish is now pulling wide on the left-hand side. Mahrez on the other side. It's boring. It's fucking boring to watch. But they were so, so effective in the second half. And mm-hmm. that's the difference. That is the difference, you know? Yeah. It's that quality off the bench, mate. Like, Chelsea had no real options on the bench. They were pretty bare already. And yeah, the fact you can bring on two... Well, one world-class winger and one... Should be world class, but is it? Oh, I actually, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about Jackie Grealish because I think, I actually think he's underrated. Oh, I don't know. I think he's overrated. No, still. clip that. Let's see what social media thinks. He's underrated in my opinion for 100 mil. He's come off the bench. <laughs> he's changed the game. If they, if City yeah. drop points and they were looking more likely to drop points half time, then it's a lot of pressure on them. But his ball across tomorrow's, and he was a he was a proper fawn on the left hand side like right back had no chance I don't even know who was playing right back for Chelsea in the day that's been a question mate oh, well, that makes sense why why Aspreen was getting pulled apart to be fair maybe that yeah. maybe it flatters this eve but the ball was ice cold everything that you want from Jack Grealish I think that's what three assists in his last two games he's making an impact he changed the game he changed the game he did change the game but doing it you know in little spurts every now and again is not but then again, what is a hundred? What mil? is a hundred mil? A hundred mil is Anthony, you know? bro. You know what I mean? Like exactly. What is a hundred mil? It's someone who's quite good. I think we need to just stop worrying about price tags and just look at the tangible difference that you know people make. Like with Anthony, I haven't seen that incisiveness that I've seen maybe from Jack Reedus yet. So, mm. but I mean, he can he can score well, the Anthony. But beyond that, he he is yeah. He's a highlight. Does he kind of does player. he take his man on? No. He doesn't. So no, he does turn very nicely. He does on the swap. Honestly, the we, we I like the roulette. I just don't know how effective it's going to be when you've got Ben Mead trying to two foot you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true that. Um, yeah, you make a fair point. I don't agree, but that is part of the fun of Grealish. No one really knows how good he is, but Pep seems to like him. So it's getting game you time. Trust Pep's opinion. He is getting game time. Thought John Stones was absolutely immense in this mm. game. Um, he was literally—I'm pretty sure he saved at least one goal early on—and then was very, very calm and clearing up the mess on a few occasions. And yeah, I just think he goes under the radar quite a lot of the time because he's obviously not like the shiniest or newest signing. But he is really, really good, and 
the fact that he's still holding down a start literally says it all doesn't it yeah he's constantly getting better and England need to make sure that he's like he's the go-to number one centre-back at the next tournament forget about everyone else that needs to be nailed on no matter what oh defo he looks he looks good with Maguire as well like it's not it's not an awful partnership is it for England he does I wonder if he does benefit from having someone like Ruben Diaz or Laporte partnering him every game but for sure but he does he he was looking good in this game he was was very good I can think of one very cool kind of under pressure could have cleared it but he just played it through through Chelsea's forward line and the ball came out you know that's all you ask for in a centre back it's a bit of composure especially in those moments where it's easy to panic so I I agree Johnny Stones just getting, getting shit done and bit of a city stalwart these days it's been there a while yeah it must be at least four or five years now Mm. Um, I wanted to add as well some people haven't agreed with the fact that we've been saying that Kukure is a flop there's been some uh, murmurings that people don't agree with that let me ask you a question was he at fault for the goal I think he was he let Morris go wasn't very tight there you go mate one nil down I mean look we we... it's it's a harsh it's a harsh mistake it's harsh right but but he's playing like a player who knows he's not playing well. Like mm-hmm. he's he's trying to compensate too much. Carragher actually had a lot of critis- criticism for him after this game, so we were just ahead of the curve. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, guys. Sometimes they flop. You know, people were saying at the time, sixty-two. You should have pulled out when when City were like no at forty. You know. Yeah. He's he's decent, but for the most expensive left back of all time, he should be a bit better. Than Expect a lot more. He's not even the best left back at the club. That is bad. No, you you, you think Chile comes in if he ever gets off the the sick bed over him. One hundred, yeah. one hundred. All right, on to the next game. Crystal Palace nil, Tottenham four. This is a really odd game to be honest. I don't think anyone was expecting this. I actually spoke to um, someone who's a Spurs fan before, and I was like, "You're gonna get smashed." <laughs> you you and curse now I look it. Look like a massive mug. Yeah. Alright, well you should do an apology on air. Go on. No, no, no. No apology from me, mate. <laughs> no apology from me. I stand by it. Palace weren't that bad. They actually weren't that bad. No. They were battered, but they weren't that I bad. Know. It was just one of those days. One of days. Like, everything Spurs did just worked. They went into the... They went in at half-time, not, not behind. That's the second game in a row now. Obviously, last time against Villa, they came out and conceded straight away. But still that little quirk is over a little bit of progress on their part they came out bang two goals in eight minutes from Harry Kane he, he was unreal he was unplayable unplayable like both first goals first finish was amazing mm. yeah it was a real captain's performance he was holding up the ball so well dribbling and then you could see towards the end he really wanted to get his voice on he, he, <laughs> he really did he was like <laughs> I got you bro I love you bro just come on and Son got his goal oh, no. some say it was deflected some say I don't give a yeah, right, because I love Son and he scored, and the way he ripped off his protective mask, threw it away, mate. I was like, oh, yeah, I love that. I'm, Didn't even put it back on after. I just carried on the game without it. He's back. Son's back. Hope not. I don't think Son's well, back personally. He got Son's a goal and assist, mate. but even the finish, it was there was something Darwinian about that. Just little deflector could have gone anywhere his confidence really isn't there it's really weird of Son it's a very strange case his, his confidence is really taking a hit mm. and it's really showing but when you've got someone like Harry Kane he gives you like the ultimate centre forward performance and as you say chief creator 
holds the ball up, drops deep, but he also makes good runs. He's solid in the air, as we saw that second, first goal, even. He's he's a beast, oh, mate. He's mate. actually a beast. What can you do? Where would Tottenham be without Harry Kane? Honestly, they'd be like mid table. It's crazy. Yeah, they'd be they'd be like yeah, twelfth, thirteenth. It'd be it'd be chaos. He's so good. He needs to sign for Bayern Munich or PSG. I don't even know. Yeah. Or Chelsea. No, I couldn't do Chelsea just because of the the hate with Tottenham. But he just needs to go to like Juve or AC or Inter. You know, he just needs to go to one of these like historically massive Italian clubs and lead them to to a title. Like, because he could and he should. Like any other team in the league, he would have led them to the title. But it's because it's Tottenham. And this performance shows that like when it works, Conte ball fucking works. You sit deep enough, Mm. you soak up enough pressure. Eventually, you'll get a chink in their armour and you'll just turn that around. And, you know, this was an example. Yeah. But it's just not why do, sustainable. Why do you think they were so much better, though? Like, why were they? Is it because Todd, Conte had a big tantrum last week? The players were really feeling the heat, maybe? Maybe they got an absolute quality. I just think sometimes it clicks. I mean, he brought Brian Gill into the team. Controversial call, but that assist for Harry Kane's goal was beautiful. And, you know, yeah. he kind of filled that Kulisevsky hole, which has been there since Kulisevsky got injured before the World Cup and hasn't really returned to that kind of form. They need another player um, to support Harry mm-hmm. Kane, especially with Son being so out of form at the moment. Hit and miss, and yeah, Richarlison. Yeah, you're right. Brian, Brian Hill. Brian Hill, who looked like his career was done. So, I, I, he, Yeah, mate. Honestly. I mean, his haircut doesn't give you confidence, I'd say. Just unfortunately, that is the world we live in. <laughs> that it's just not, it doesn't cut it for some reason in football. It just doesn't what, cut the it. long hair? But... Yeah, it just it doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right, you know. No, he should be in like a. I'm trying to think like of the, band. I'm trying to think of the next, the last long-haired success in the Premier League. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, mate. It's, it doesn't exist. Uh, maybe, so immediately, hmm. people subconsciously aren't rating him. But he, you know, he's like an under twenty-one Spanish international. Like he came for quite a lot of money. He's highly rated. Bit lightweight, I would say, but he definitely provided a spark on that right-hand side. And being left-footed, he cuts inside. He enabled Doherty to be the best version of Doherty, which is the sort of marauding wing yeah, back as opposed to definitely. defensive. Because he, because Brian Hill cuts inside, he gives Doherty that whole right flank, sort of shuttle up and down. It works. It was a good outlet, and you know, a lot of the good play came down that side. So something, something positive yeah. to kind of work on. No, I think it was just one of those days where Contable works, and it can be effective. And we've seen it win the Premier League. Like it's not like we're all shocked. It's just. Can Tottenham now maintain that? And it's going to be a big test. Arsenal at home, next game, the Prem, so... You've got to be feeling a bit nervous see. as an Arsenal fan, mate. Man City are starting to breathe down your neck and obviously the draw, which we'll come on to, not a big deal, but yeah, Tottenham. How do you feel about that? Mate. Derby, it's not a nice We one. always lose there, so, you know, probably expecting the worst, hoping for the best, but if we lose, we lose, you know. But also back to that nervous point I don't do any Arsenal fans nervous I'm not nervous like we're not meant to be here dude <laughs> we're just happy to be in this situation and I think we're going to get top four I think there's enough about our squad if we get some additions in this January window the Emil Smith Rowe coming back if we get top four no problem no problemo governor you know <laughs> when Tuesday Wednesday nights Champions League anthem at the Emirates again since like 2013 yeah, that's a good point actually. No nerves here, mate. Be, it's going to be emotional. That'll be nice. Mm. But you know, I think every team's going to drop points, 
and if we can beat Spurs again massive statement but we'll talk about it when it comes we'll, get, we'll come back to that we'll get on yeah, yeah we'll get on to that yeah. right last game before the break Everton 1 Brighton 4 god damn god damn man <laughs> Lampard Frank, knows how Frank to get Lampard. fired doesn't he <laughs> yeah he knows how to lose goodwill real quick doesn't Fuck, he man. after a very credible draw against Man City obviously they got absolutely pumped at times it was actually embarrassing like in the in the second half they conceded three goals in six minutes it got so toxic so quickly mm. um, honestly the defending was like comical it was unbelievably bad like there was a third goal for Solly March where basically no defender wants to go near him he just keeps keeps strutting keeps rolling into the box waits and then just, just slots it in Pickford doesn't even move and then yeah the fourth goal it's just a no. terrible mistake to give was... Pascal Gross just a, a one-on-one it was I'd say the worst Everton performance of the season and that's saying something yeah, because they have been tra- it's such a shame I feel honestly it feels familiar with Frankie we've seen this before at Chelsea yeah. like, it's just so sad like, there's that little flicker of home yeah. like, oh maybe and then boom straight back down 4-1 defeat at depths. home is like atypical of a Frank Lampard team who are struggling especially yeah especially because this is what Everton should be Everton should be like Brighton mm. you know they should be capable of like smashing teams every now and again. They've just been being so badly mismanaged ever since Mashiri took over. You know their net spend is higher than Arsenal's. In like, it's insane. It's their insane. Net spend is out of control. Like, it's out of control. It's insane how much money they've spent. Actually, like yeah, and how many signings over twenty mil as well? There's like twenty five of them or something. Is it? Oh, it's insane. And I think the only ones you can say are definitely a success are Pickford. Maybe it won't be this season, but oh, it's taken a while. Ben Even Godfrey, like maybe, but I mean, they're like 19th and shipping goals like no tomorrow, so I can't really say that. Exactly. And then, yeah. yeah absolutely. Like Walcott for 20 million. Oh. And he's disappeared. He's disappeared. Yeah, that was a great deal for us, to be sure. Done so well there. <laughs> absolutely smashed it. So, yeah, mate, the board fucked it. I think some of the director of footballs they've hired have been truly horrendous. Just bad, bad managers like getting Benitez was such a mess. Mm. You know he hated it. One win in ten now, so yeah. I think we all know what time it is. For those regular listeners, you know what I'm about to say. It's time for <laughs> Sean Deitch. Bring him in. Honestly, if this doesn't tell you that you need to just tighten up and just sack everything else off, whatever your vision for the football club is, it's gone. You need to get Sean Deitch here before everything's gone. Before you're in the championship hemorrhaging money you can't get rid of all these players on big salaries can get, this can go Sunderland you know or oh yeah really yeah yeah yeah. the warning signs are all there and with their stadium new stadium project it's literally about to start as well it's just like the worst time ever but I just yeah yeah seen it before I remember when Frankie at Chelsea when, when it collapsed it was similar just just didn't look like they were able to defend can't turn it around can't, and it yeah. doesn't look like he can turn it around but yeah, I, oh, mate, it's worrying times to be an Everton fan. We might feasibly see them going down this season if they don't do something soon. Which is just yeah, and I think they're the only team that's never been outside of the Premier League, uh, which is a weird quirk. Share that with a certain oh. Arsenal football club. I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never been to the All second right. tier, but there you go. But look, let's talk about Brighton before we run to the break because again, massive 100. performance. Such a good team, man. I mean, you've put... Such obviously, a good team. Ferguson wasn't quite his debut, but his first Premier League start. 
go and assist. Yeah. So that's two goals and an assist in one starting appearance and one sub appearance. <laughs> it's fucking good. <laughs> that is really yeah. good. He, he's massive as well. He's, he's one of the biggest he's massive, I've ever seen. Yeah. I remember he came on against Arsenal and bullied Saliba off the ball and I was like, who the hell is this man? <laughs> it's 18, you tell me. Like, he's lying on his age. Someone do an age test yeah. like Cameroon, for God's sake, because yeah. I can't, I can't he, believe that. He, he's a proper like rugby lad, isn't he? Mm. You know that he eats, he eats like... Oh, you know he was like dual codes. You know he just played like cricket, rugby, and fucking yeah, football at school. Yeah, one of them. He's just an absolute beast that everything. Probably played was. hurling and Gaelic football as well. Just, and it's just like, <laughs> what? What shall I do? What shall I do? Yeah, but he, he looks quality to be fair. And if Brighton have managed to solve their striker issue with a homegrown talent, oh, of course they have. Of course they had just this guy, um, you know, as backup. It's a weird yeah, he one. Looks really good. So like Caicedo looks like the next one to go. Uh, murmurings in the summer, you know, seventy mil is the bracket. Oh, everyone pay it. He's a great midfielder, but it's just like how many times are you going to roll him off the conveyor belt? McAllister, yeah. Gross, Trossard, now Matoma. Just, oh, just, just trust them, yeah. isn't it? You just trust them to to make the right decisions every time and. Yeah, it's do, a mad thing. It's, it's an endless conveyor belt. I mean, Matoma, even at the start of the season, I was like lightly aware of him. There was no way I ever thought that he would be that good. He's fast becoming my... Well, I was going to say my my favourite non-Liverpool player, but not feeling too good about most Liverpool players right now. So <laughs> fast becoming my favourite player to watch. Because <laughs> like, his goal in this game was so good. Like First touch, just absolutely skinned one defender. Then just went went past Conor Cody as well. Then just slotted in. His, his dribbling is insane and everyone knows the story now that he studied his own dribbling as his sort of like uni yeah it's like a basically. dissertation project yeah. a dissertation on dribbling in football but like yeah there's without being like hyperbolic right I'm not saying he's going to be like Mane but there's a certain like inventiveness and unorthodoxness to him like he's not af- afraid to like try things that are a little bit different in order to like create a chance out of nothing mm. he's got that inventiveness and yeah his dribbling is genuinely world class so yeah he just looks great. He's obviously now seventy mil player, standard. Easily, and yeah, easily. And then yeah, a first start for Saramento again. I think he was at the World Cup. Um, I think he's the third Ecuadorian. Was it Ecuadorian? Brighton have got a few. I think he was the third Brighton Ecuadorian after Estepinian and Caicedo. Probably yeah, yeah. They just dominate that market. Again. So he looked quite good, and yeah, they've done it again. He's going to be. 70 mil in about two years probably so yeah oh, they're so good do you think that Deserby has actually improved Brighton because obviously his stock seems to be rising Potters is falling dramatically still too soon to tell let's see by the end it's unfair isn't it you, know, you come in mid-season they're so used to playing a very specific type of way then you've got to learn to play a very specific other type of way mid-season as well mm-hmm. so I think mean, a lot of credit is due is that Brighton haven't sank and they've no, they've looked good. Just Deserby's built on everything that was already there, yeah, and made them a little more clinical. It seems now. Solly March, by the way, Solly Unreal. March, Unreal. It's, it's come out of nowhere. You look at Solly March when they came up, and you're like, yeah, he's a he's, I don't know, he's Che Adams, you know, he's like solid championship player. Now he looks genuinely like well class. Yeah, no, every Deserby. season he's got a little better. He's one of those players like, that always gets picked as well. Always picked under Potter. You know, ahead of yeah. bigger signings, more exciting signings, sexier signings. He's a local lad. He's a friend of a friend. He's my only footballing friend of a friend. 
Get him on, oh, mate. Can you imagine? Get him on. I'll try. I'll, I'll actually reach out and see if there's any scope of getting a chat with Solly March because that'd be sick. So. Yeah. Why are you so good now, Solly? Yeah. What, what, what have you been eating? eating? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on, Solly? What was the change? <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Um, but anyway, I think that's enough for one half. We're a little bit over, so let's call it there, and we'll be back with the other yep. games after the break. Welcome back to From the Backseat. Our next game is Manchester United 3, Bournemouth 0. United looking really good right now. They're like peaking when all the other top four contenders are dropping points and looking different shades of bit rubbish. Um, and mm. the crazy stat, they're now level on points with Newcastle with a game in hand. That is actually mad when you think this started with a 4-0 battering at Brentford this season, more or less, within a few games. Yeah. And now they're on like, yeah. what, I think one loss in 11? They look pretty nailed on for top four currently. You'd say it's probably theirs to lose out of Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs and Man United. And yeah, I think we can now just take them as a serious club and not just a weird parody club where, you know, we've got like funny characters going on. Solskjaer at the wheel, Maguire doing silly things. They're just a proper team now. They're a proper team again. I feel like we've gave Newcastle so much praise. So by that token, we have to give Manchester United... And Ten Hag, mostly. Ten Hag deserves the, the lion's praise. share. He's turned them back into a serious football team. He's definitely the boss. Mm-hmm. Like, he's found a system mm-hmm. that works for them where... I mean, their midfield is now rock solid, where it was it mm-hmm. was pretty shit for, like, five years. But Fred, that's over. McTominay... McTominay is the one that got dropped, unbelievably. You always thought it'd be Fred's, but Fred still plays. I'm telling you, that I said it last week in the pod, Fred's just one of those players. He just keeps getting picked and to the naked eye no one knows why but every manager's picked him so there has to be some value in there somewhere but you've rightly put in your notes it's Casemiro that's making a difference Yeah, he was fantastic in this game so good has been fantastic all season to be honest with you a little bit ropey to start off with but you naturally would be to to, to adapt he took took a whole 30 minutes to acclimatise didn't he for 30 minutes he looked ropey and since then he's been world class he's just I don't know why we doubted it. He's built for this. I think, he's I built think we wanted it. It's because you know it's I mean? because he's 30 and they paid 70 mil and we were like, it's too much money. But if he gives them three to four really good seasons and takes them back mm-hmm. to the top, phenomenal. Phenomenal business. Oh, even if, even if yeah, just take them back to the top four, just like how like, they should, Manchester United just have the same ambitions as Arsenal this season, which is completely underrated in the sense of expectation. No one expects them to, you know, mm-hmm. challenge for the title. But, they can just carry on this this really good run of form then that is a massive dub like a massive win for Man United and Ten Hag make no mistake took over a circus in the summer yeah right Ollie out the door then you had the whole Ralph Rangnick like embarrassment of a tenure Ronnie wanting to leave Rashford desperately out of form Sancho desperately out of form no midfield he had so many things to deal with mm-hmm. and as you say had those like, you know those two really bad losses at the start of the season and think of all the big decisions he's made since then he, like take some massive cojones like let's list it Maguire dropped Ronnie out Rashford back in the team mm-hmm. Jadon Sancho off in a personal development slash retreat I don't even know <laughs> where Jadon Sancho where's Jadon hashtag where's Jadon <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah. persisted with getting Lissandro Martinez exactly by Lissandro Martinez wanted Anthony 
De Jong didn't want to come. Fuck it, let's get Casemiro then. Make it work. Like yeah. he's going to turn Manchester United around. And I've got more hope. That, you know, I'm not even going to bother talking about the specifics of this game because I feel like we're going to see this performance from United going forward. Like Shaw's now returning back to the player that mm-hmm. we all thought he was going to be. Diego Dallo looks like a very competent. Even Juan Bissaka is looking. I like could a not believe right my back. eyes. It's just unbelievable. In this game, Juan you Bissaka know. was in the opposition box trying things. Oh, bro, it was crazy, bro. Honestly, don't know what Ten Hag's cooking over there in Stratford. In Stratford but he's just he's made it a natural, well, a natural team where it's it's based on merit again. You know, like you play for each other, they press together, they actually they actually want to do the right thing instead of just like I want to score a goal for me obviously that's basically a large part of it's getting rid of number one clown Ronaldo and it's just a good thing like Rashford stepped up Fernandez looks happier even Martial scoring mm. some goals um, mm. and it's just like when you get rid of that toxic nature everyone else can step up and compensate so I remember like when Liverpool got rid of Coutinho and we were like how are we going to replace him didn't replace him everyone just steps up because one player is not a team and they look so much better, so much better for getting rid of Roddy. So much better. Yeah. So hats off to Eric and I think actually United fans should maybe be a little bit excited about what could come this season. Because they are shooting up the table. Yeah, mate. 100%. And we're seeing teams are gonna drop points. That top four is very, very fluid yeah. still. So and in Marcus Rashford's they've got probably the most informed English player, apart from maybe yeah. Harry Kane right now. But he can't stop scoring. Yeah. He cannot stop. And and he's assisting now as you well. You love to so. see it. You love to see it. Mm. We knew it was in there. So there's hope for Sancho as well. And Anthony, you know, give it a bit of time. Yeah, a bit worried about Sancho. But I can't believe Donny van der Beek started this game and wasn't, still wasn't that good either. I, th- I just felt like Ten Hag, obviously... Didn't he get injured though? Just loves... I game. don't know. He just loves van der Beek though. I just thought that was, that was nailed on. That storyline hasn't quite worked yet. So Ten Hag can resuscitate van der Beek... I think he got injured in like tw- in the first 20 minutes I remember I was reading no, I don't know I'm not actually going to speculate yeah. there's still time for Van Der Beek it just hasn't it just hasn't been his time he's been really unfortunate too yeah it's just a wrong move for him um, you don't go from dominating Madrid to just being an absolute shiter so you know what I mean yeah it's I know but yeah it's just a weird one um, last word on Bournemouth they did okay they offered some threat but yeah their finishing is just pretty bad and they just you can just see they're just short on quality like their players work hard mm. but they need some major investment if they're going to stay in the league so we need that Hollywood money ASAP Michael B. Jordan yeah you listening to that Michael exactly mate get your wallet out <laughs> Sam because <laughs> yeah they're going to struggle <laughs> they look like they're going down ever since they gave Gary O'Neill a full time contract I don't think they've won a match it's actually ridiculous it's happened again well, they're still performing above expectations, so let's see how the January. Let's see end of January if they get anyone else in, and let's see. Yeah. Anyway, Leeds United two, West Ham two. Bit of a good game. This feel like you'd be very disappointed if you Leeds. Mm-hmm. Equally, if you West Ham, you'd be quite disappointed too. Um, I, agree. I think a point suits neither team. It suits, it suits <laughs> no one. But David Moyes mm-hmm. has stopped the rot. Five defeats mm-hmm. in a row. He's got a point away at Leeds. Well done, David. I still think it's time to bring in uh, Sam Pauli, although he is actually doing bits at Sevilla, but whatever. Pay the release clause, send it. But I thought this was a this was a nice game for exciting signings for both clubs. First for Leeds with mm-hmm. Nonto and Somerville, who combined really nicely for the first goal. 
just really good players. Like they're young, they're exciting. They sold Rafinha, which hasn't worked out for Barca. Shock. And they've got Shock. these two in who look very much like the future. I had a little look into um, Nyonto. He was actually a youngster, a highly rated youngster at Inter Milan for eight years. Yeah, yeah, Zurich. yeah. So, you think, had he not been at Zurich and they just bought him straight from Inter, there'd be a lot of buzz around him. But what's happened? Well, is, don't forget, he's an Italy international. Yeah, not like he's he's under no, the no, radar. No, no, no. Like, so he is. He's potentially really good. Um, potentially, yeah. He he's in that nice bracket, a bit like Odegaard, where he's been at the big club, but then he's taken a step somewhere else, and everyone's forgot how good he was or could be. So then he was a bit more available, you know. Rather than coming mm. straight from Inter, you don't have the premium. So looks good. First goal for him. Happy for him. And then. Yeah. We talked about it on the podcast last time. David Moyes, mate, he's got to unlock Skamaka and Paqueta, so he would have been absolutely delighted that they both scored in this game within a minute of each other. Both pretty lucky goals, if I'm being critical. It doesn't feel like mm. a sustainable solution has been found no. to get the best out of them. One's a penalty, which was a penalty to me, um, and we'll get on to that in a sec. And then the other was Skamaka's pretty ridiculous finish, really. Like, dispossessed Aronson... And they just smacked it in from twenty-five yards, but neither of those are. He's got a he's got a pension for that. Does he, he's got a rocket on him. Yeah, uh, he's got a wicked strike, but like you say, it's not that's sustainable. That's not a sustainable <laughs> game plan, you know. No, no. Um, but you know, one point. It's a good point, really, for West. I said it wasn't a good good point, but it I mean, where West Ham are, because yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? Like, probably fearing that they would carry on losing, but they do need to get a win soon. Yeah, mate, they're sliding. Um, they're the 18th now. They are sliding. Oh, no, sorry, the 17th now, but they're... Just, Skamaka just wasn't built for West Ham. We probably thought he would lead the front line differently, but he needs way more service. Mm-hmm. And West Ham do not have anyone, really. That, no, I don't know, Bounds bit drops oh, yeah. off. I know on paper they should. It's pretty bright, to be fair yeah. to him. It's weird. They, they they actually do have the players. Something's just not quite right. Maybe they do need a change. Maybe David Moyes. I just don't think he's a flair manager. He never has been. And mm. unfortunately, when you move away from what you know, what you're comfortable with, you're not you're not that you're not that good at that thing. You know, he's world class at getting a sort of solid mid table side um, mm. and just making them sound comfortable. Don't take too many risks. But expansive football has never been his bag. It never will be. And that's okay. Mm. But yeah. And a word on Leeds? I feel I'd be really disappointed, to be honest. Yet again, they played well. They got punished in the most brutal fashion for two just pretty silly mistakes. But another day, it's not given us a pen. And, you know, that that mistake by Aronson giving the ball away was not punished by an absolute rocket. Comfortable win. So, bad for them. But again, play well, don't get the results. Quite hard to read in general. Thought they were going to nick it at the end because they were they were piling on the pressure towards the end. But yeah, I think it's two points dropped for Leeds overall. Mm. Weird team. Mm. For me, Jesse Marsh still up for debate. Honestly, need to see a resounding win for me to be convinced about Jesse Marsh's Leeds United. But the wait continues. Anyway, on to another disappointing game: Arsenal <laughs> nil, Newcastle nil. <laughs> a game. Again, that a result that really doesn't suit anyone. I'll be but honest. Also, a game that when I was doing the scheduling, I wanted to put this last for the schedule because it was so boring. But I knew, <laughs> I knew that you needed to talk about it, so there's a few talking points. But yeah, there's a few. I mean, we're going to brush over it. It wasn't that exciting, and I think the main talking point is the referee lost control of the game in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, I blame the referee. 
It's, it's, he, he, on, on the Ming's meter, in terms of being noticeable <laughs> during the game, he was a 9 out of 10 Tyrone. Like, he was, that is a solid Tyrone. He was front and centre, this referee. Honestly, just booking after booking, people surrounding him. Every, oh, he, he, got, he let it get out of control, where what he needed to do was just let some of these rash challenges just go so the players understood that they're not going to get because as soon as as soon as one controversial one happens, you know, I think Odegaard got the ball but got the man. No need to yellow book him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're the challenges that you just you just don't book. You just play on. And Newcastle were at it all game. And you know, you you, you rightly put they channeled their inner Diego Simeone. They did, and it's true. They were just slowing the game down. Yeah. And I think that's a testament. Like Newcastle, one of the most informed teams coming into this game, have come to ours and. You know, decided that it's a compliment they, you know they didn't want to go for a win yeah exactly it's a compliment they could have they had the chances to win yeah. I don't think we we dominated we had certainly had chances to win too um, the save from Niketia was strings to mind as the real chance and, and on another day I don't think you could have done anything different I think it was no, just a great I, save by Pope I'll be honest I, I, thought, that's it. I thought he did great to be honest like the, the yeah. touch the shot yeah Pope, Pope is just so good Pope is like he's a good shot stopper man. yeah so it was just one of them days and I think as an Arsenal fan, relax guys, like, it's not a bad result. It's a really not a bad result no. in the grand scheme of things. It's just so much momentum has been built that we are going into every game thinking we're just going to win. It's the first time we haven't scored in the Premier League game as well. So, guys, chill out. Before we move on, to talk about the dubious penalty calls. Now, I've seen an angle of the handball, right? Forget the tugs. Gabriel and Dan Burns Dan Burns on Gabriel both could have been given both weren't given fair enough yeah I agree that was a handball at the end that actually it hit his hand and I'm, I'm surprised VAR didn't yeah it's, it's because it was in front anything. of his chest that's why so it would have hit his chest anyway that's what I'm sort of going no on. but honestly I'm gonna, there's another angle I know, fair enough it's from the fans but like <laughs> it's actually not it's actually not I promise you it's not by his mm. chest I mean I just think the angles they saw in VAR just weren't conclusive enough so you, bit, I can understand it. why you'd be annoyed I wouldn't personally you see him give it. I wouldn't personally give it if I was a referee it's oh the referee was never going to make a big call like that after his performance you know what I mean there's no way it could have been though literally and yeah, it could have been I did enjoy Dan Byrne and Gabrielle both taking turns to just give away the same penalty just both just, just oh, rugby no. tackling each other the Gabrielle one I feel like Dan Byrne and Gabrielle it was worse I'm not even being biased here but like he was tugging he so was, hard he was. Gabriel let go just at the right time yeah. do you but know what I mean I just like that it was yeah each half they basically had a go Dan Burner's obviously yeah got a little harder because he was a bit, probably a bit wound up they seemed to have a thing going on all game didn't they yeah well Bakaya Saka had him on toast for the first 20 minutes but then Joel Linton, to his credit just came back and helped Dan Burner so much and I thought of Saka Again, he's not getting the free kicks that he should, and it's weird. Mm. But he's just going to have to live with being doubled up and sometimes tripled up on that right wing now. It is. It's, um, it's an unfortunate quirk, and that's for Arteta to solve, because mm. like, Arteta seemed a bit, a bit pixie towards the end, and I can understand why, because he thought he should have got a penalty. But like, Arsenal are a scary team to play now. They're a really good team, so yeah. this is going to happen a lot. A lot of, a lot of low blocks, he's winding a lot up. of shithousery. Yeah. That's how it goes at the top. Yeah. And he has to learn to be calm, and how to overcome no. it. No. See, no, I disagree. You know this better than anyone. What has he done that Klopp didn't do in his six, seven years at Liverpool? Oh. How many times has Klopp actually been charged by the FA compared to Arteta? You tell me. You know the answer. 
there's nothing wrong with Arteta being there with the boys and I think if you see your manager you know there at the throw with throwing you the ball giving you that intensity it's better than fucking David or David Moyes or you know Graham Potter clapping away after you know like the guy's with the team 100% so I've got no issues with his behaviour but I can understand why it pisses off a lot of fans yeah it's but the like, outside of the, everyone wishes the outside of technical like is a bit that annoyed me because he's making a bit of an annoying habit of it now running down the touchline like, he's been doing it for three years yeah like, <laughs> It's, it's actually not allowed. I don't. I don't really understand why he's not getting pulled up on it. But it's a weird one. Oh, they don't. They don't want to deal with the Basque man, mate. They don't want to deal with the angry Mikel, he's, he's especially fiery, when they're refereeing cool games like that. He gets rolled up. Yeah, mate. I'd rather my manager be aggressive than passive. Hundred percent. Push comes to shove. So. What I meant was that in the face of it, although he can get wound up, he needs he needs some calming heads around him to be like we should do this to unlock this nah top of the league son just keep it going mate Arteta's at the fucking wheel mate yeah, so a more nil nil draws like this <laughs> big couple of fixtures coming up let's yeah, see how we feel sure. coming out of January but I'm not too disappointed say la vie so anyway on to the last three games and I'll be honest I don't have a lot of interest in these three games so Jack Leicester nil full and one just take us through it well mate Leicester have come back from the World Cup and they have not come back very well three losses out of three sliding mm. down back into the relegation because before they'd had this really good run of like six six games unbeaten or something but yeah they're now two points above 18th just looking pretty pretty bad without really being that bad it's a weird one because they're not playing that badly they're creating a lot of chances but they're just sliding yet again and yeah whatever Brendan had done that seems to have been undone during the month away they obviously miss Madison a lot they're just not the same offensively without him uh, but yeah Fulham mm. mate Fulham weren't even that good in this game they were quite sloppy gave um, Leicester a lot of chances but a different signing stepped up today for Fulham and that's a sign of just a team in a good place right now Leno I thought was probably their best player made a ton of saves yeah. kept them in it really worked hard to keep his clean sheet yeah, and yeah, some great one-on-one saves actually from Leno this game. He was just excellent. That's the difference, yeah, it's the difference, isn't and it? Then Mitrovic yeah, is just clinical. You, you know, you got someone at one end putting in a man of the match performance, and then Mitrovic taking his one chance, like he does, and that is the difference. Just afraid. Yeah, yeah, but they. It feels like we've never said this about Fulham before, but they actually recruited really well in the summer, like really well. All, all, of, of all of their signings were like mismanaged transfer windows they probably had the best yeah. window of anyone because it's like yeah. 100% you can make a case for all of them being hits they're just going about their business William's looking it's actually nice just to see William back I said it at the start of the season as a joke but genuinely William just likes playing in West London mm. it's not about being in the Prem he just likes living in West London He's come back. He's a couple years in his native Brazil. He's thought, fuck this dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally not doing this. Come back for a nice, cosy life. Do you think that's in, what's in happened? He thought he missed Brazil when he went back. No, and honestly, he was like, I, nah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I read an interview he did with Guardian about his return to Fulham. And even from just like the words, you could just tell he was relieved to be back in London. Do you think so? <laughs> like, he likes just wandering just, around like Knightsbridge, you his know, family. going to Harrods. Yeah, yeah. Walking around he's got Green a nice, Park. leafy leafy home in the west of west of London you know like, I don't know if you've been to Fulham it's a lovely area a lot of nice places yeah it's Knightsbridge home family probably pretty settled I think there's a lot to be said about that yeah I do think that a lot of players do settle and then sometimes you know like Alexander Klebb comes to mind for Arsenal and they go away 
And they realise like it's actually a lot. It's a lot more like the personal things, especially than it is as, just as the you get a bit project. older as well. Your interests change. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. I wonder if his family went to Brazil. You'd imagine they didn't if they've lived in West London for like the best part of eight years, eight nine years. Well, you think of like Rafa Benitez. His family stayed in Liverpool. Yeah, ever since he left Liverpool those years ago. Um, there's definitely other footballers where, yeah, you know, Thiago Silva. He, the reason why he extended is because his family were happy in in London. Yeah, and it's something that you have to really factor in. Yeah, but is. I wonder if it leads to improved performances as well because we are seeing a very different William. Happy home, happy William. Happy wife, mate. Happy life. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> happy home, happy William. That's not going to catch up. Oh God. Um, last note: Is anyone actually going to buy Yuri Tielemans in January? He's literally five months away from his contract, and he hit the crossbar in this game. No rumours. Hear me out. No rumours. Hear me out. There's a reason. Do a lot worse. There's a reason why there's no rumours. You know what I think it is? I'm already sure, I'm certain, is that he's already made a decision. It just hasn't announced it. Because there would be more. There would be way more talk. But if, I think it's just a done deal. To who? It's, he's been so heavily linked to Arsenal that it would make sense. Mm-hmm. But, don't know. I just know for a fact that like his agent would be making a lot more noise about him and his contract being up if he hadn't already settled do you know what I mean like it, now as you say now is a time that like any any club outside of England can can agree a pre-contract agreement with him now no talk of that absolutely no talk of new contracts on Leicester it's weird either. isn't it so Leicester he could be available I just think he's, all, he's, right he's already decided it. it's just where it's just where he's already decided his next move and he's just respectfully seeing that's contract which is, you actually love to see because you don't see that in football mm. easily you know kicked up a fuss and got his move I have to say in my head it has to be Arsenal it makes perfect sense to me like rotating with with Xhaka Mm. or Odegaard you know he's a different option he can be box to box yeah, the security of yeah. no, it, it makes perfect sense to me which is why it does make perfect sense end up at Chelsea once they catch wind of it exactly there's a mole <laughs> there's a mole in North London feeding Chelsea getting paid Honestly, twice for Chelsea, a scout right? Chelsea have taken like Brighton's head of recruitment RB Leipzig's all the Red Bull fucking groups head of recruitment and all they've done is they've gone to the senior boardroom at Sanford Bridge they've got a big whiteboard out and they've just like gone on BBC Gossip <laughs> from transfer gossip and they're right right Man United going for this person do we want him yes how much will we pay more than them <laughs> it's just ridiculous it's just oh. ridiculous so yeah yeah Madrid Tiedemann's all going to yeah the bridge, 100% they're all going come on boys Fernandez, Rafael Leal they're all gonna go they're all gonna go come on boys <laughs> uh. oh fuck me right okay on to the next Enough game Aston Villa won. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. It's the, the Midlands the Derby. The Midlands Derby. Before we get wow. into the game, can we just say how how fucking weird it is? This is a Midlands Derby, right? And it's got Unai Emery and Lopetegui as the two managers. They've both won <laughs> the Europa League, bearing in mind. They are That's no so joke. And, and they both won it with Seville. Yeah, and now they're duking it out in the rain in the Midlands in England for mid-table. Yeah, that is nuts. If that doesn't tell you that we are living in a Super League era for the Premier League, then it's I don't know what mad. will. It's actually that is mad. a mad thing, actually. That is actually mad. Oh, they're top tier yeah. managers. They are elite managers. 
We're talking literally everyone was in the Champions League semi-finals with Villarreal. Yeah. Lopetegui was like Real Madrid manager and Spain manager for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit is going on? Yeah. And now they're yeah, literally deking it out in the West Midlands race. Oh, it's mad. Fuck it's me. Mad. What a time to be alive. Honestly, look, Brexit has been a fucking disaster, but we've always got the Prem. The Prem power is still there, thankfully. Um some background Wolves have won three of their last 25 Premier League games including this game that is really really rubbish yes but yeah. they did score a goal in this game so that's pretty nice for them and I think I, mean, I think a point away right. a point away yeah. against Inform Villa is a good result especially with like Forest, Leeds and West Ham all picking up points the teams around them are picking up points they need to make sure they're not being left behind so they've done well I think he's done an okay job since he's come in and got the win against Everton. Mm-hmm. Hard game against Unai Emery's Villa, as we've touched on with, with, with Villa's form last, 100%. last pod. Um, I don't think Lopetegui, he might have lost one, but I mean, he's done pretty well so far. Yeah. Obviously, the new manager bounced, but I feel like with him, it's actually just going to get better because he is a top-level manager. And it's going to take a bit of time to get his ideas across and, you know, yeah, you get that establish what he wants. Unlike with yeah. like some managers who come in, you do feel like there's a plan. You can see that it seems like they're going in the right direction. Even if the- See, I have the perfect segue, but we'll just. I know. Let's come, come back, back to, to that. Yeah, we're both caught on it. Their goal was truly excellent, to be honest. Um, Daniel Pedence picking up the ball, slaloming past Douglas Louise, and then just slamming it in the bottom corner. Great solo goal, mm. and mm-hmm. yeah, you just love to see it. And then they looked pretty good. They looked pretty good for the win until uh, a nice Mings to Ings. It's just a weird <laughs> sentence in general. Um, caught everyone napping, Never, and then Jose yeah. Sarr just slipped because it was really wet. And then Danny Ings scored because Danny Ings is great. He's the goat of the mid-table relegation teams. He is. He's he's going to be one of those kind of Premier League, like James Beatty. Yeah, you know, just like quite good, but not good enough. James but Beattie, like, will have his place. Yes. Darren Bent. In the, that sort of yeah dude that, literally that, the Darren Ben James BT Ricky Lambert yeah. is always there's always that type of player and he's getting goals he's good you mate know, if Watkins isn't scoring then Ings is so easy choice not bad not bad so yeah what do you think about Leon Bailey he had a chance right at the end which he uh, let's just say he fluffed it it was, it was a relatively relatively doable chance to win the game Mm. Um, looked absolutely distraught mate when he missed and then at full time just crumpled to the floor burst into tears I know posted on social media apologising saying he wouldn't be able to sleep again and like I appreciate it Unai seems happy with his sort of level of care and commitment but like passion yeah. he's been way too hard on himself oh he's been way too hard on himself but I think this is what you you know like if you're a top level footballer you are competitive and you you know Leon Bailey probably do, does expect himself to be a bit better and I do think as well maybe this is a culmination because against Liverpool he also had an absolute like he, he absolutely fluffed it mm. didn't he? he slipped where he could have just slotted that in so maybe he's just feeling a bit down yeah um, just about his general performances and that was just the that was just the the straw that broke the camel's back in that regard but Leon mate He's still playing really well. Like you, you look, you've had a good season. Like everyone's seen enough of you to not like worry about the quality. Yeah, it will come. It will come. Don't worry about it, bro. Yeah, like it's not even that bad. Like <laughs> Darwin Nunes wouldn't have slept for like two months if you know. 
Between my sleepless nights. Timo Werner on the slept for about two years. Like, don't worry about it, bro. You've got, you've got time. It's only one week. Some say Fernando Torres hasn't slept since 2011. <laughs> oh, for real. Uh, yeah. No, but I think there is, for me, I like the honesty and like, it sounds so bad. Like, your player shouldn't have to like emotionally be distraught yeah. <laughs> to get across that they care. But, in a world where footballers are increasingly seen as just, you know, paid mercenaries going wherever the highest, you know, check is each month, mm-hmm. it's nice to see, you know, a bit of accountability and just straight up like, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I think that can only endear you to the fan base. Um, but don't be so hard on yourself, man. Yeah, That's all. exactly. Don't worry about it, bro. Um, God, I forgot what the segue was now. <laughs> Well, we're talking about managers who have come in and not sure what the plan is. Mm. And I think Southampton are the... Southampton are the club. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan Jones, but it's not working. No, it's, <laughs> it's not working. I mean, his reign will... His reign at this point will be like one of those obscure pub quiz questions. Because like, yeah. he's just... It's, we're going to forget about this whole thing. We're going to forget this ever happened. Not a single point after taking over. Six losses in a row no discernible style or improvement like no shots on target in this game sorry Southampton nil Forest one and yeah he's just he's just thinking about a trace mate and at this point again there's a very easy fix Sean Deitch send it just get him in oh my god you've actually double dropped everyone's in crisis you know his name just get him in wow it's January he could you reckon he could bring in Chris Woods on loan from Newcastle I could totally see that working get some goals for Southampton be a nuisance add a bit of a bit of spice to that pretty tepid dressing room they just look doomed Southampton right now like they look absolutely yeah. done uh, at the moment we've said it we've said it already haven't we we've said it already that they're, they're going down yeah and they're done the owners know that they're going down and they see Nathan Jones as his up and coming manager but he's not going to make it. Just keep it, losing. He's not yeah, exactly. Make it you keep losing game on game. Then I'm sorry, like, dude, you actually might have to go. You might have to go. He actually just looks out of his depth, to be honest. At this point, I don't think he's been dealt a very good hand. But no, he's failed to really make any impact. You might as well just kept Hasenhutl. Like, at least he picked up a few points. He'd get battered, but then he'd get a draw. You know, get a win. Oh, apparently it turned really toxic on Hasenhutl. So yeah, who knows, but. but it's not like it's got any better it's got worse if anything and I do think unfortunately mm. their transfer policy of buying a lot of talented youngsters obviously a great plan everyone's on board with it I think it's a good idea but there's no one to drag them out of this slump now because none of them have experienced the scrutiny and the pressure that they're experiencing yeah exactly. and exactly. they just don't seem to have any leaders apart from James Ward Prowse that can drag them out of it so they're just they look like they're all struggling a lot like with the pressure because they're making a lot of silly mistakes you know like Bellum Kotchap looks like a totally different player now he looks terrible and it's the same for loads of them and you know that they're good players but yeah confidence is gone and I don't know how you build it back without an experienced hand to tell you it's alright James Ward-Prowse can just pick up the whole slack don't worry lads honestly we'll be fine you can literally feel the pressure <laughs> like when he got that free kick you could feel the entire stadium willing it like please please yeah, get this in this is the only way much. we're going to score 
He's definitely going to Newcastle, by the way, once they get relegated. 100 percent. 100%. 100%. He's a great player. Makes so much sense. Yeah. You've made a very nice point here, which something is quite an interesting one to end the pod on, something that we rarely do mm. when it gets to this kind of level. But we had the first Asian uh, well, Asian heritage uh, official at this game. And you've you've posed the question, why aren't there more Asians in football? Oh, at the top level anyway. Yeah. And I'm going to... I think I have a response. I don't think I have an answer, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what you potentially think it could be. I'll be honest, I have no idea because I, I wrote as well, I was like, there's more. there's been more Caribbean players in the Premier League than Asia, like, by far. And, like, think about how big the Caribbean is compared to Asia. Asia's, like... Mm-hmm. It's basically half the world population, more or less. It's insane. Mm-hmm. The Caribbean's probably like, I don't know, 10, 10 mil? I, I don't know, is the answer. The point is, it's not China. It's not India. It's not the whole of Asia. And yet, somehow, we've produced absolutely nothing, both in terms of officials, managers. The only thing where there's Asians is a couple of club owners who have since run out of money because the Chinese government <laughs> has sacked them off. And I just think it's crazy that there's not Asian... Asians in top five football it's super so weird. let me pose you a couple of questions mm-hmm. who would you say is the biggest player in the NBA who's got global appeal in the NBA mm-hmm. LeBron James LeBron James right like everyone knows LeBron James like I know him I don't watch basketball I don't follow it but you know LeBron James mm-hmm. yeah and how many followers do you reckon he's got on Instagram I have no, no idea Google him. I'm going to say 40 mil 136 million holy shit that's a lot it's a lot isn't it it's a lot now you ever heard of a man called Virat Kohli no mate never heard of him I like where this is going because I'm I genuinely have no idea oh Captain Kohli cricketer how many followers do you reckon he's got on Instagram this is either going to be astronomical or tiny I'm going to go tiny 10 mil 236 million oh my days okay what we need to understand is that EPL has only become popular in India very recently Mm. there's a whole generation of young Indians right now who are probably being inspired by the Ronaldos but up until that point mate Sachin Tendulkar you know you talk about the Indian cricket team now they've produced some real whoppers true that makes sense for that part of Asia but as a general but then look at let's look at China again You'd say sporting, again, football's not that major. We'd think about badminton. I hate to be stereotypical, but we think about, you know, racket sports such yeah, as table tennis. Yeah, true. And also Olympics, they're very hot for all gymnastics and everything like that. Mm. So it's just where the focus lies, I think. And I, I think if, if the EPL carries on proving really popular with these global fan bases, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more, you know, like Filipino Premier League players. And we're going to see... Southeast Asian players and I think we're going to see more as the interest in global football grows yeah but I suppose another another weird point is that even with the England team there's a lot of players in there that have Caribbean heritage um, well not a lot but you know what I mean there's players of like mm. Windrush generation ancestry for example whose parents have come over from the Caribbean or from different parts um, of Africa or whatever but there's literally no there's no Asian, like, you know, Asian equivalent who've come over at the same time. Where, Where is it? Let me talk to you, where, bro. Where, Let me talk where to is you, that, bro. Where is that version? Right, right. So as we're both Southeast Asian descent, so guys, just before 
we go into this conversation we're speaking from relative experience yeah alright Chinese people come over here Chinese families do you think the Chinese mum dad are pushing their kids to be footballers no look at me in the eye no they're not dude we know <laughs> no, we know what not. they get pushed to do we know what they're pushing and extra mass classes and fucking you know, Kumon like, maths fucking, Jesus Christ Kumon maths instruments and yeah extracurriculum education yeah right? the focus is different Facts. the focus is just different and being a, a sports star is just not viable in so most true. Asian families you should know me and Hugh were both half half Chinese slash half Malaysian Guess what we guess what we did? Kumon maths, <laughs> piano, badminton. Exactly. Those are the things that we exactly. got to do. The that football is field is a foreign alien off, concept, and there's field. no get money. Right? <laughs> you right? Who, who do you think is doing? Who do you think is doing your taxes? Who do, think, <laughs> who do you think is accounting for Goldman Sachs? That's right. The Asians are there. Exactly. And that is the career path that that they are. So true. Toward, so, but like, I just think it's time. There's so many Asians in England, well, British Asians, basically. It's about time we had one English Asian footballer. Come on. I agree. And I think in the next 20 years, quite possibly we're going to see it. But look at Japan. Very small country. Very highly populated, dense, but a very mountainous regions. Not a lot of green spaces. They've developed a good football culture. Mm-hmm. Korea the same. They have a, a team that can compete at the very top level. So we know it's not, it's not a, a physical thing. No. It's not a size thing. I think at this point it's simply just a cultural thing. Yeah, it's an infrastructure and a culture thing. Because, yeah, a lot of Asian countries don't necessarily have the best facilities. But then yeah. a lot of African countries don't yeah. either. And they produce wonderful, wonderful players. It is just a culture thing. People don't commit to football because it's not a sensible career. Is the difference. It's I just think. like, I mean, I don't know for sure. But I'm sure in China they're not kicking, you know, like a pig's bladder around the streets from a young age. No. In like, like like some Africans may you hear the stories of like how Marco Essien grew up like Sadio Mane come from nothing don't have a pair of boots but they're still playing football same as Brazilians yeah it's just not encouraged is it it's not it's no. not admitted no it's not, it's not the dream it's not a thing you know? yeah so yeah very, very strange way to end this pod I hope everyone stayed to the end to listen to that debate because that was a that was a bit yeah. it opened something up there where are the Asian footballers in the UK where are you so anyway Long story short, Southampton are getting relegated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much nailed on. I wouldn't like to put a bet on that. What would be the point? We should we should we should start putting some bets on. Right. On the final final statement before we wrap up. Roberto Martinez is apparently close to being the manager of Portugal. Why? Why, why, why? He's gonna ruin <laughs> another golden generation. Portugal's got such a good team right now. Oh. It's a golden generation. Who best to ruin it than Martinez with his average, average football? He must have an amazing agent because, yeah, literally no sense there, really. I reckon he's hella good at interviews. Like, he wines and dines them, takes them out, shows them a good time. Just a stand-up yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, he seems like... I'd, I'd love to go for a pint with Bobby Martinez, yeah. but I just wouldn't want him to run my national football team. So. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Especially when you look weird. at the people that are there. I mean, maybe Luis Enrique wouldn't do it, but, you know, his credibility is way higher. I don't know. I don't think Lewis Thomas really Tuchel maybe well. he wouldn't do it but you know what I mean there's so many get Bielsa in fuck it go for it enjoy it yeah uh, I don't know I guess Bobby he's just he's open you know Yeah. I, I don't think many top managers are open like Lewis Enrique is a bit of an anomaly mm-hmm. I, 
you don't see that many like real top level club managers really going for the posts in international football just different gravy in it different gravy so yeah so I don't, I don't care at least it's not England that's Portugal so. done RIP to your Euro hopes they're done right I'm cutting you off now because we're actually going to go over the 1 hour 15 mark and um, Google yeah. told us that's really bad let's go so, guys much love thank you again for listening we'll be back for the next Prem Fixtures as we said we're not doing FA Cup because don't give us a sweet FA to be honest (laughs) (laughs) so we will see you next time see you later